our message is very, very simple. We want to educate the kids, not indoctrinate them. Now, I think this election should be the pandemic election. Yeah! She doesn't want these projects in her backyard, in Moringa. She wants them in yours. What's wrong with Australia today? For me, it's leadership. It's just a lack of leadership. She wants them on your farmland. I just want to ask, what have vaccine mandates achieved? Apart from putting... Apart from putting good people out of work, we should be energy independent here in Australia. We've got everything. Can you confirm that you are negative before attending tonight if you are unvaccinated? You only have one vote, but it's very powerful. Together, we will prevail. Hello everyone, my name is Stephen Tripp. Welcome to Commanding the Narrative here with Paul Vallejo. Before we get to Paul, I just want to let everyone know about uh, uh, Buy Me A Coffee. If you want to head to Buy Me A Coffee, you can uh, support us there. Uh, It's a good way of showing your love for us. So uh, we would appreciate it if anyone wants to choose to uh, throw in a couple of dollars. Uh, That would be great. Uh, We're also live streaming on YouTube, Rumble and Facebook. You can comment on YouTube and Facebook and at some point, Throughout the uh, interview, I will be putting the link in the chat if anyone wants to call in. We haven't had too many callers lately, so don't be shy. We, we you know, we're happy to speak to anyone. Uh, but if you do just want to comment in the uh, comments, that's a great way of contributing as well. But I have with me right now Paul Vallejo. Now we've had him on quite a few times on the ex candidates. Uh, we also did a commanding the narrative that wasn't released yeah, which was mate. fun that that's it that may come out or not but uh paul how you been anyway mate? yeah it's been what a time to be alive i have to say it's uh it's not boring I'll give it that that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure yeah. there's a lot of things happening a lot of things happening so uh we've got you on today to talk to talk about uh persuasion and epistemology yes um and and that all comes down to a lot of the a lot of the news and uh, the political realm these days is driven by narrative. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's it's not so much driven by well, they you know a lot of people say it's driven by facts and the science. Uh, and the the science. news, as yeah. if the news was a thing. Yes. What what what? Why is narrative so important? Yeah. So I want to. I absolutely love the the title of your your show, commanding yeah. the narrative, because that's really actually what a lot of the game is about. Mm. You know, we're living in a sea of propaganda and information and disinformation, and a lot of people think that they're in command of the information, and other people have the disinformation. Yes. And a lot of people are also, you know, a lot of people are fooled. And the question is, well, how how do we navigate this this swamp and and we have groups of people living in different universes you know different different universes of ideas and facts and so really you know and and in the news reporting on this a lot of times is reporting narrative and not news mm. so yeah that's there's a lot to unpack there uh, so how do we know we're on the right side of things ah uh, you know that that's one of the i think that question itself is one of the best tells for knowing you're likely at least trying to be on the right side of things, you know, because everyone thinks, yeah, they consume the information and the other people consume the disinformation. And someone's willingness to ask that question is one of the things that will separate you because everyone has also confirmation bias. Mm. Everyone likes to be right. So one of the important issues is not embracing being right, but embracing learning and being open-minded. And that, that, 
will help keep you out of an echo chamber. And I always feel that people will believe what they want to believe and they fall into these bubbles. So definitely, uh, you know, if you back in the day, if you used to listen to Alan Jones on 2GB, mm. he was very well researched, but you knew that he had a, a, a leaning, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a certain political bias. Mm. And, uh, you know, if, if something came out bad about the Liberal Party, you would want to tune into Alan Jones to, so he would correct Mm. the the argument and, and put uh, an opposing argument that you may hear from another source. I'm sure it's the same on the other side. You have uh, you know the ABC and, yep. and the Guardian newspaper and, uh, and and the project on Channel 10 and, and those sorts of uh, platforms that uh, I guess represent the other side. So a lot of people will just tune into those shows and they they get one side of the yep. view. And in America, it's even more polarize it seems with yes, um, cnn definitely. and fox news and you know you, what you hear on one channel is completely different to what you hear on another channel that is another way that you know which side of that uh whether whether you're being closed off from actual information is the people who are telling you don't look over there you know that that person's crazy they're all to whatever they're you know the people telling you not to look at other information are usually the liars and that's where the left's so good because they will, yeah, they, they will demonize. hit you. They will hit you with a, uh, You're an anti-vaxxer, yes, or you yes, are yes, a racist, yes, or you yes, are a cooker, yes, or yes, you're yes. A, a far-right extremist, or whatever yep. the tag they put you in. They yep. put you in a box straight away, don't they? Yep, yep. That, that's definitely one of the tricks of maintaining the narrative: is telling you anyone on not on our side of the narrative is some sort of heretic. Mm. You know, and this is this has been true of um, you know, I guess. Uh, you know, different holy books throughout uh, the ages is uh, to to think. Well, you know, if you if dur- during the Spanish Inquisition, if you read a book by a Protestant scientist, you were a heretic, and that was commanding the narrative uh, Spanish Inquisition style. Well, it's a it's a good point that you brought up religion because this is something that's been raging on throughout the for millennia. Yes. Uh, you know, whether you follow Islam or Ju- Judaism or Christianity mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, it's always, uh, you know, we, we have the, uh, you know, the, the word of God and you need yep. to follow this yep. and, and any, any, anyone else that uh, believes differently is a heretic or yep. an infidel or whatever it may be. Yep. And, and in, in, a, in a, a single cultural society, you can perhaps get away with such orthodoxy. But in a multicultural society, the ability to peacefully disagree about different narratives and to accept that other people have different sources of information is absolutely critical to people living together. Yeah. So, you know, when, and so then when it comes to our modern uh, versions of apostasy and calling other people heretics, uh, you know, this, this, this gets to the foundation of our ability to live together. Mm. And so, you know, when it comes to, uh, yeah, trying, trying to, you know, and that's where you have, you know, the things like the misinformation bill, uh, being so incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, our ability to live together requires us to be able to have our own opinions, think our own thoughts. Uh, and, um, and there is very much a drive to drive out information that is unhelpful to the narrative. You know, what's crazy, whether you, um, there's so many things like there's two sides, there's the political side and the religious side. Okay. Religion, you have the, the the three real main religions of Christianity, you know, Judaism and, and Islam. They're very similar. 
Well, I mean, uh, they, they actually, they're all the Abrahamic gods. So they, it's kind of an interesting thing. A lot of people don't think about it, but the, they, they do worship the God of Abraham, all of them. Mm. And so in Islam, uh, you know, the, the, uh, um, Jesus was a prophet, just not the last prophet. Uh, in 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 Judaism, uh, you know, Jesus might. I think he, they consider him a holy man, but not the son of God. They consider him a prophet, I think, uh-huh, but okay, not yeah. not the not the son of God. Not, not, not the son of God. And then there are offshoots of Islam. Uh, one is uh, the Baha'i faith hmm. that considers um, uh, Muhammad as not the last prophet, and that makes them heretics among Islam. And actually, Sydney has one of the the few one of the few worlds Baha'i temples. I think there are three or five uh, in the world. Yeah. Uh, and that's an offshoot of, of, uh, of Islam. Yeah. And on the, on the political side, uh, you have the Greens and maybe a party like One Nation who you would think are complete opposites. But if you head on to their website and compare their policies, mm. they're actually very, very similar. Mm. They, they, that's they, a heretical thing for you to say, Stephen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well the, the, only, the only difference is just there might be slight uh, differences on how to get there. So, yep. for example, One Nation will say, let's bring back manufacturing, mm. but we need to do that by having cheap, reliable energy, so coal and, and, and oil and, and the gas. The uh, the Greens will say, let's bring back manufacturing, but let's do it with renewable energy. Yep. So there's a bit of a difference, but yep. it, it's, it's, it's very similar. So if you've got a Greens person and a One Nation person in a room, they would both agree, let's bring back manufacturing. And they will find some way then to demonize the other. Uh, which yeah. you know very much seems to you know that that uh, that's the popular thing to do these days, and that's that is the divisiveness of trying to maintain the narrative, particularly by by making the other people seem you know crazy, hmm. is 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 one of the things we sort of need to get away from the freedom to agree to disagree and yep. to co- find common cause. I mean that that's that's uh, I think there's probably a larger agenda. That's driving us towards division, which is the the primary goal of perhaps uh, one hypothesis, at least, of people pulling the strings. Is you know they have to make sure that there's division between divide and conquer. Yes, right. I just we've got a, a comment from Graham. Hello, Graham. It's good to see you com- commenting as, as always. I learned long ago not to focus on who is speaking. I prefer to listen to what is being said yeah. and what evidence is being presented. Very intelligent comment there. From yeah, Graham, that's very important. Uh, yeah, to, to try to depersonalize it, to look at the idea. But yeah, let's um, let's get into um, you know wh- why we why I love the uh, the title of the podcast so much, commanding the narrative. You know, what is a narrative? How do you control it? Uh, why is it being controlled? What are such the you know so that what's the important interest of controlling that narrative? If you don't mind uh, uh, pulling up uh, one of the the slides that we talked about earlier. Yep. So at all costs. Uh, maintain the narrative. You know, this is, uh, you know, the the powers that be, shall we say, um, you know, make sure that any scientist that is off script uh, gets labeled uh, and and deplatformed and defunded. Uh, a skeptical media is also, uh, has to be demonized, uh, and that's happening a great deal these days. Uh, and inconvenient data also has to be shunted aside. So, you know, and, and part of that Effort is now being put through in legislation in the misinformation bill, mm. and um, it's as dangerous as it gets because you know the ability to think you know freely. What that basically means is that you know if you are um, if you're deciding what's misinformation, you are controlling 
what people get, which means the only thing you will get is is government narrative. I get, this is going to be a little bit off topic, and I know we're going down the narrative path, but I just want to ask you firstly, why did you, like, why did, I've seen you speak at different events at different groups and things, and you've spoken to people about this, and I've seen you evolve your way of thinking as you've gone along, and mm. you've, you've expanded on your knowledge of epistemology and, 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 all the, and all those things. Why did you go down this path originally? What, mm. what sparked you to say, hang on, I need to know a little bit more about this. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I mean, you know, the nature of, I mean, I grew up, I grew up Catholic um, and, you know, part of my history, but also, uh, you know, I've always had a love of science and, you know, trying to, the history of Catholicism and science uh, didn't really get along for, for a number of centuries. You know, mm. I think it took uh, just to the last few decades where, they apologized to Galileo for throwing him in prison for, <laughs> yes. for saying that the sun was the earth wasn't the center of the universe. Yes. You know, and so these questions of uh, you know all these things have been interests of mine: philosophy, science, um, and why people believe what they believe. And you know, I, I guess it, it, it then just became a great deal more. I mean, that, that's a decades set of journeys and trying to figure things out. But um, but it all became much more topical uh, over the last years and a couple of decades where it became clear that believing certain things was, was heresy in modern society. Mm. And, uh, and that trend seems to be accelerating and it's, um, it's deeply disturbing for what I would consider, I mean, consider myself a free thinker, but it's not just about me. It's, it's the ability for people to, to, to live alongside each other. Um, you know, back 20 years ago, it was okay to be in different political parties in the U.S. And now people are excommunicating each other's family members for different political parties, for different political views, and also for not, you know, taking something that someone says is safe and effective and the yeah. other one saying, well, you know, based on what long-term testing. It's so sad, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. And, 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 and uh, I, I don't, you know, it's a hypothesis, um, you know, that I don't think it's an accident. Uh, I'd love to be wrong about that. I'd love to think it's some, some random you know, effect, but, uh, but that's, I think part of the reasons why I'm, I'm quite passionate about fighting against the, 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 the taking control of the narrative by, by powerful forces is because I think it, it doesn't lead to anywhere good. I think the problem is there's certainly different personality types amongst humans. Definitely. Uh, if you look at numerology or astrology or, uh, uh, the Enneagram or the Maya Briggs tests, uh, you know, generally there's usually nine different types of personality traits. Uh, you know, there may be 12, depending on which you follow. So it seems that uh, maybe the, four, the powers that be or people of influence manipulate that. Yeah. They know pe that certain people will be more, you know, facts orientated. Yeah. Some people will be more emotional you know, emotionally driven. Some people might may you know not have a, a focus on on you know statistics and yep. that, that sort of thing. They might their focus might be elsewhere. So there there are distinctive personality traits that are different between human to human. So uh, they can be exploited. Yeah. Well, actually, why don't we just just jump straight in from that to epistemology and persuasion? Let's do it. Okay. So um, you know, one of the things that people really need to try to figure out, and a lot of people do, is, like, is ask the question of how do we know what we know? Because we are living in a sea of various forms of information and disinformation, as we talked about earlier. And one of the earlier 
earliest people that questioned that was actually a very religious man, uh, Rene Descartes, hmm. um, who uh, thought, well, you know, in all my things that I think I believe, all the things that I see or or things I've heard, I might be controlled by a powerful demon to actually make me think certain things and make me believe certain things. So is there anything at all I can be sure of? And his solution to that was, his answer to that was, well, uh, cogito ergo sum, hmm. which translates to, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. And he thought to himself, well, even if I'm deceived in all things, I can at least be sure that I exist yes. because in because I because I'm thinking about this, therefore I have to exist. Everything else is up for debate. Yes, and so you know. So essentially, if you're looking out at the the sky and you say, "Well, that's blue," how do you really know it's blue? You, as you said, you could be uh, possessed by a demon. It could be a rainbow color or something like yeah. that. But uh, we, how we, you know? we, we could be plugged into the matrix. But if you might a, not be here, that's right. You might not be here. exactly. But if you're in a dark room with your eyes closed and you're thinking. You know that you you exist, right? And you can you have the power of thought, right? Yeah. If you think anything at all, you have to exist. Yeah. Now, in every other fashion, we might be being deceived by something. It mm. could be by being in the matrix. It could be by ABC News. Yeah. You know, it could be uh, you know. But and one of the things. So then the question is, okay, if we're going to be really careful about you know how we you know what we think and what we believe, then you know going through the process of being skeptical about because this is another tendency of people is people seem to want to believe there's confirmation bias uh that's that's one of the things that makes the term climate change uh so powerful is because once you put that in someone's head anytime the weather changes it's like ah that feels like climate change yes and there's been no time in history where one decade has been the same as the last decade. Uh, you know, over the course of hundreds of years, there have been all kinds of climate cycles. And, and now- there's, there's another manipulation there that, you, that you've um, sparked in my mind. It's called the reticular activating system. Mm. Now, if, if you're looking to buy a new car and someone says, well, you should get a Mercedes. Mm. Now you're driving along, yes. you're, you're, you're spotting Mercedes yeah, everywhere. Right. Oh, there's right. one, there's one there. Right. And you wouldn't have noticed them any time yeah. before. Uh, but now all of a sudden you're you're noticing them. Yep. Someone might say, uh, "Oh, you need you need to check out this new cereal at the shops." Well, now you walk into Coles, you you seen the cereal, you know, straight away where you probably wouldn't have noticed it before. If someone's telling you the climate is changing, every little thing that comes along, you're going to be like, "Oh, that's right, exactly." Yep. And that's that, that is the power of confirmation bias, which is why you know one of the things I tr- try to think of to combat that is to always. Be, be be on guard for mm. confirmation bias. And does that really mean what I think it means? But you, you know, you're absolutely right. I remember being in this one debate about this. Uh, I think it was about a year ago, where it was a particularly warm spring day, and um, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, this is evidence of climate change." But like a week before that, they were talking about it was a record number of days under a certain temperature for you know two months. Mm. So it's like, okay, so you ignored that. And now that we're having a hot week, that's evidence of what you want to believe. They're taking it a step further now. Now they're using predictions. It's always like right. it's going to be the hottest summer on record. It's going to be it's going to be dry, and we're not going right. to get any rain. And then the opposite happens. Right. But it's already in someone's head. Oh, it's going to be a forty degree tomorrow. It's going to break all the records. But it ends up being thirty five. Yeah. Or thirty three or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. It doesn't even get near to forty. Yeah. But people 
uh, it's still in people's heads and they will say, wasn't it the hottest summer on record? And right. I, I, I heard that somewhere, blah, blah, blah. So there's a few different things that I think come at play to be that's very persuasive to people. One is confirmation bias, making use of that, that, uh, that, that, that issue of confirmation bias. Another one is people's desire to be on the right side of the tribe. Being being tribal people, uh, it's very ingrained in us that if you get ostracized, you're and you're on your own in the wilderness, you're in a bad way, mm. right? And so, if you want to be on the good people side, uh, then you have to believe what good people believe. You know, it's it's the modern view version of excommunication. You know, excommunication back in the days of being a Catholic meant the end of your life. Uh, and, you know, you had no community, you had no support, no one would talk to you. And and those things are sort of being weaponized in a modern secular society by calling someone a climate change uh, denier or a uh, an anti-vaxxer. Yes, well, uh, we saw that during COVID, didn't we? Yep. Absolutely. 95% of people getting vaccinated. If you're, if you're only one of the few that's not you're getting vaccinated, now, yeah. you're going to, you know, and, and but you, you were made to feel isolated. You made it feel like there was no one else out there that were, that was going to defend you, stick up for you, stand up for you. Yep. You're, you're isolated. You're on your own. Yep. You're bizarre. You're strange. You're a, a yep. you know a cooker and anti vaxxer So you have to be part of the group. You have to. And, and if you are part of the group, you're uh, you're, you're a good person. Mm -hmm. You're doing what's right. You, you're you're taking one for the team, or whatever the it yep. might be. Whatever the narrative is, yep. they want they want you to feel isolated. They want you to feel alone. They want you to feel strange if you take a different path. Right. And those are fundamentally, you know, they're accessing that for survival instinct for being part of the group. Yes. Uh, along with confirmation bias, which, which made it very powerful. And also uh, finding a way to hijack uh, one of the main ways that people persuade each other. So um, can we pull up the, the, the ethos, pathos, the, the rules of rhetoric? Yes. Um, so um, I've got to thank uh, my friend uh, Martin. Martin Jenkins for bringing this one up. Uh, he, um, when he, he was a debater and he pointed out that the primary ways that we've tried to persuade other people are, um, pathos, logos, and ethos. Now, so it's primarily there's emotion. So in terms of when you're being persuaded, cause it's always very useful to know how are you being manipulated? Mm. You know, um, and, and everyone manipulates each other all the time, but a lot of times we manipulate our friends to, for good things. It's like, Hey, you know, maybe we can eat a bit healthier. Right? Hey, do you want to go out and have a good, you know, swim or paddle or something like that? Yeah. Right. But you have, I mean, everything is manipulation. The question is who's manipulating you and why? And so, you know, in the case of what we've been talking about, uh, a lot of times that emotional manipulation of, you know, if you're, if you're a good person, so there, there was plenty of emotional manipulation mm. when it came to the, the COVID narrative and also the climate narrative. Um, you know, don't you care about your children? Uh, and, but then there's, uh, um, logos and ethos. Now logos is logic right? And uh, ethos is mostly about credibility. And that's one of the important things is we always are looking for a credible source. You know, everything we know, most of everything we know is because we have listened to a source we deem critical, credible history. Do you know that uh, the Peloponnesian War happened or the American Civil War? I mean, no. I wasn't there. Yeah, that's you right. Know, right. Yeah. So, you know, but we, 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 we find a credible source and we believe that, hmm. you know, there's no reason to think, that that didn't happen, but um, but that's one of the strange things about uh, that maybe rang alarm bells is that uh, 
uh, it's been clear to me in the last few years that credible sources I thought were credible have been hijacked. Mm. Uh, and, and someone who is a lover of science, uh, you know, I mean, one of the science degrees I have is in economics. And in economics, they teach regulatory capture, mm-hmm. right? The idea is, is that, uh, you know, if you are in an industry, uh, one, you know, you, you have a couple of ways to make a profit. Um, you can create a really good product, sell it well, market it well, uh, or you can capture the government and have the government uh, buy your product or make, you know. So, uh, you know, the uh, ability to, uh, and also the government regulator um, has a government salary, typical medical, uh, middle class salary often, um, but the industry, a vast industry, can more cheaply create a revolving door for the regulators so that the regulators know if they play ball, they get a cushy office job, you know, once they leave. And then, you know, the cheapest way for that company to succeed a lot of times is to capture the regulator. Hmm. And so, you know, this, this concept that our, our climate science or our pharmaceutical science is actually public service is narrative nonsense. Uh, and, um, and and now the question, you know, how do I how do I know that? I mean, it's, in some cases, it's an easy claim to make. I mean, pretty much everyone thinks that the military-industrial complex, uh, you know, works with the media to 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 lie us into wars. I mean, that's that's uh, you know fairly widely accepted. Yep. Uh, you know, the smoking industry, you know, wa- you know, widely accepted that that was regulatory capture. Yep. Um, you know, now climate, the 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 you know the pharmaceutical industry. I mean. A lot of people, and this is one of the strange things, is I've met plenty of people who were skeptical about the pharmaceutical industry on a number. Oh no, I don't take. I don't like to take medication because I, I want you know holistic health, you know, and and also don't trust uh, you know uh, big government when it comes to you know the 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 you know the military and 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 I don't trust what they say about that. But you know when the when the government and the military get together and offer me something safe and effective, sign me up, hmm. like. You know, somehow that happened. <laughs> I think that's because vaccines were always a little bit separated from the pharmaceutical industry, even though they were produced by the pharmaceutical industry. It was always that was you know you were giving this to your, your kids, and obviously everyone copped it when they were kids, and they survived, and you know they they, they didn't really notice yeah. any side effects or anything like that. So it was always ingrained in us that vaccines were safe, yeah. vaccines were effective. The problem was. What they gave, what they gave people during COVID, weren't traditional vaccines. There's a, there's a couple of different things, you know. Of of as I've questioned more narratives over the last couple of years, the vaccine safety narrative. That's let's just say, even though I don't think that that the old vaccines are nearly as dangerous as the mRNA ones, shall we yeah. say? Yeah. Um, I, I don't, uh, I think that there was a maintaining the narrative, uh, on that as well, which would probably be a, a subject for a different podcast yes. for one of the guests that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so maybe we should get into how, how I came to determine that we were being fed a false narrative during the COVID epidemic. Can we pull up? Uh, are we reeling? Really well, just, bef- just yep. I just want to quickly just touch on this, the you know, ethos, pathos, and yes, logos. Uh, hijacking I, of credibility in, in, in ethos is yes. a big one. But go ahead. But I think I think um, 
I know from the Maya Briggs test, you know, the, the different personality types, you would think that they're all equally divided, but they're not. Some are very, very rare. Like they might, yes, may, like, maybe 5% true. of the population is a certain, you know, I know, I know my one. Yep. I think it's very, you know, only, only, I'm a true seeker and blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people are emotionally driven. True. So I was, I was, uh, I saw a, a debate recently. It was uh, with a Greens upper house member of the New South Wales Parliament, and she was debating against nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. Now um, she was trying to obviously win that debate, um, and she was losing because the audience that she was with were very right leaning. So good mm-hmm. on her for getting yeah. in there and and um, and being present because a lot of Greens won't do that. But once she started losing the argument. She mm. went straight away to, well, I have grandchildren and I need to save right. them. Right. Okay. Even though we all knew that her argument had fallen over, yep. she went straight to the emotion. And she didn't, she wasn't able to persuade that group because I don't think there was much emotion in that right. group. But, uh, you know, maybe people listening elsewhere would would tap into that. Yeah. Oh, I want to save my grandchildren too. Or I want to save my kids. So it's a very powerful yeah. uh, method th- that it's almost like uh, they're trained in that way. Yeah. When the facts are with you, you stick with the facts. When the facts are against you, you, you turn the other, you, you, you attack a different path. Yeah. And, and you know, she was, I guess, using the, the only path left before. Actually, there's a really funny uh, video by Bill Burr. Uh, yeah, Bill Burr on... Uh, on him arguing with his wife. I don't recommend you pull up that <laughs> quick clip on this podcast, but it, yeah. it was uh, hysterical. Uh, it's uh, You can Google it as the champagne of victory speech. Okay, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, another time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the... Um, uh, you know, when it comes to the hijacking of credibility, which has been, you know, this is one of the things is that um, there are a lot... Because I've really tried to figure out I guess probably it's first it's important to, to back up and show my work as to why I believe uh, what I believe in terms of that, that we were uh, fed a false narrative mm-hmm. when it came to the COVID era. Yep. Uh, you know, there's the, the, the earliest one was, of course, the lab leak hypothesis, yep. um, the nature paper saying that there's no way it was other than a zoonotic uh, thing and that the reasons of, 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 of that were it's, as a whole uh, chain of reasoning. It's a bit more, um, complicated, mm-hmm. but, um, but when I watched the hydroxychloroquine trials, that's when I knew something was very seriously wrong because it was in your face, obvious that they were trying to, uh, spin a false narrative. Yep. Um, so, you know, here's one of those things, uh, I'm not a medical doctor. Um, you know, even though I've got a few science degrees, uh, medicine is not one of my fields, but you don't have to, and, that, and that's one of those things. They hijack credibility. It's like, what gives you the right to talk about this? You're not a doctor. You're not a climate scientist. It's like, okay, yeah, but I know how to test a hypothesis. You know the scientific method. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to say you tested something uh, and then you, you, you create test conditions that make it obvious before you even do anything that you're not testing the hypothesis, I either know you're incompetent or you're corrupt. Hmm. And that's where, you know, we, 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 you know, I wrote this article. Uh, the idea here is that the hydroxychloroquine tests, the first one, um, well, initially there was the hypothesis by the French doctor, uh, Dr. Didier, his, his, 
French. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, and also Dr. Zeb Zelenko uh, talked about treating COVID with hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Um, there's a paper from, I think it's 2016, that hydroxychloroquine is a zinc ionophore, helps channel zinc into the cells, so it would be an effective antiviral. The first test uh, on hydroxychloroquine then, when they ran it, and you can go down to, so this is the beginning part of this is, um, how would you, uh, if you wanted to test the hypothesis of a drug used early to treat uh, a patient as an antiviral, how would you test it? Hmm. And tell me your testing protocol. Uh, you, of course, would test it at the right dose and give it early. Yeah. Because an antiviral, you have to give it early. If you're treating like a collateral bacterial pneumonia, you do it late. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so you give it early and at the right dose. Well, and we scroll down and we see what happened with the first test. So that's the that's the one, the, the World Health Organization Solidarity Trial. Yep. Okay, so what they did was they gave it at a six times dose to hospitalized patients. So when I saw that, I was like, Okay, if you if you ever had to take Tamiflu, the which is an antiviral against the flu, it tells you on the package you have to take it within the first forty eight hours to be effective. Yes, right. Antivirals have to be given early, and so the idea of testing it on hospitalized patients and people don't roll into the hospital until typically these days six through ten uh, is absolutely absurd. It's past the antiviral window, mm -hmm. so. You know, right then, just on the on the on the when you're testing it, it it fails miserably. So you've got here instead of four hundred uh, milligrams milligrams a milligrams day. a day for five days, they gave two thousand four hundred milligrams a day uh, on day one. On day one, and yeah. eight hundred a day for uh, per day for ten days, and they gave it late and without zinc. Correct. So 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 I mean, you couldn't fail more hard than that in terms of testing the hypothesis. Okay. Now, one of the things about that is, I mean, they killed people in order to propagandize uh, against hydroxychloroquine. Because if you give someone six times, to, if I with um, uh, Tylenol, which you call here paracetamol, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you gave that six times the maximum dose, you would have liver failure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you know when you do that with uh, hydroxychloroquine, fortunately, it doesn't kill people at such. A, it's not not quite as easy to overdose with hydroxychloroquine. But dosage is extremely important. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, there's a phrase, uh, I forget who, who said is, there's no such thing as a poison, just a poisonous dose. Yes. I can kill you with too much water. Yes. Right. It throws off your electrolyte balance. Yep. Um, you know, it's, everything has, a, almost everything has a poisonous dose. Yep. And so when it comes to hydroxychloroquine, to give people six times on day one, the, the maximum, uh, the, 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 so when you say day one, that's the first day of the, of the treatment. It doesn't mean you've had COVID day one. No, no, no. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the first day you give the, the medication, you're giving six times the dose that was recommended by the people who are saying, I've been treating hydrox uh, people effectively with hydroxychloroquine at 400 milligrams a day, and then they went off and they gave it at 2,400 milligrams. Okay. So now, now so here's one of those things where when I saw the most people looked at the at the test headline, which says it doesn't work and it causes side effects. Like, oh, really? So if you give something at the wrong time and and it doesn't work and you gave it at six times the dose and it causes side effects, you think that's news? You really need to spend millions of dollars to test it that way? Well, why would you? Why would anyone test anything like that? See, this is how they hide stuff. We were talking to Victor DL 
uh, in a uh, on the X Candace a couple of weeks ago, and I might bring up a clip of him later because he's got a very interesting story. But he was uh, a researcher for uh, in, at a university for professors, and he said a lot of these professors they don't write their own papers; they get researchers to write their own papers, and then they'll read the summary, and then then there's an, a summary of the summary that, that you know just usually a paragraph. So there's all these pages of and pages and pages of study, but really what only gets out there is the summary. So there's all this hidden stuff in that's there. That's it. And you think this professor knows it all and, and is abreast of everything that's going on, but it's not really the and case. The, the doctors as well. So I was in Mexico and I asked, uh, you know, the doctor in Mexico what he thought about hydroxychloroquine. He said, oh, you know, they, they tested it and and it didn't work in class side effects. It's like, oh, you know, which study are you basing it on? Well, either the, the solidarity trial or the recovery trial. Yeah. Like, Okay, so you obviously didn't read the test methods. I mean, most people are time poor, yes. and we, we count on experts to have deep knowledge of the subject so that we don't have to read the test protocol and look up the, the normal dosage for what we're, you know, we, we count on the science or yeah. the doctors to yeah. have done that for us. Well, they do the same thing in politics. I'll give a politician 3,000 pages of a, a legislation or a bill to, to, go to, to go to a vote, and they'll say, you, you, we're voting on this, you know, tomorrow or in the next few days. How yeah. the hell are they going to get through yeah, that? Even yeah. with staffers, you're not going to get through and, that. And, and it's not a bug. It's a feature. You know, and this is one of those things where, you know, like, for instance, if we can go through back through this um, uh, article again. So there's the test itself. Uh, and then there was how it was reported on. Because you'd figure if someone tested something that badly, you can scroll down. If someone, you know, if that's good right there. If someone tested something that badly, you'd figure uh, a, a good news media would say, okay, uh, you know, solidarity trial. You guys are morons. Um, you should, you know, uh, turn in your science science card. But who in the media is going to know that? Well, I mean, uh, 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 you, you'd think that a journalist, because look, I, I I read the study protocol and I realized that there was a problem with it. Someone in the media is a responsibility to actually, if they're reporting on this study and it's a major study, would actually look at the test protocol and say, you guys are nuts. So how many people in the media are scientists? Like you can see you it because you, it's almost like reading the matrix. You, you don't have to be even be a scientist. You, you just know that you can't test something at 400 milligrams and six times it and, 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 you know, you should know something is wrong okay. or, or interview one of the, and that's one of the things is that one of the people who pointed this out was Dr. Chris Martinson, who we got a chance yes. to interview. Yep. And he was pointing out, Hey, everyone, uh, you, you can't test early treatment late and at the wrong dose. And no one in the media was interested, which it, which it gives, which is how you know that you're being fed a curated narrative. Mm. That's how you know you're being fed misinformation is when the people trying to point out something absolutely obvious in the test protocol, zip, no one in the mainstream media said a word. Now, other than this bullshit, which is on the. <laughs> now, I've heard you. Um, I've heard you speak about and this. You can keep that up because there, there's 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 one more. But do you want? Okay, you finish off here. Yeah. Okay, so then the next one was the together trial. Again, uh, so that that's a, that's the uh, that was the recovery trial. Yeah. Harambe says give the correct dose because they give a dose fit for a gorilla. <laughs> you know, at six times the. Yeah. Yep. And then the next trial was the uh, the together trial, where they also overdosed people to hospitalize patients, and uh, you know they put in propagandistic terms. Biggest study in the Trump-backed anti-malarial drug is ended with immediate effect after it made no difference. Oh, really? You give something at the wrong dose in the wrong term time, and it made no difference. Yeah. And then you throw in like evil associations. Yes. You know, it's too like what people that are against Trump against. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it's like, oh, you know, uh, alt-right uh, cooker media, uh, you know, cooker 
you know, racist drug fails, you know, like you, you <laughs> yes. might as well just throw in more propaganda into it. So that was the, um, together trial. Yep. And then you go down and then when the last trial, so the recovery trial, sorry, the recovery trial and the solidarity trial. And then the last, uh, article, uh, that came out in the Lancet, Lancet's one of the most important scientific journals, uh, in the world, uh, published this, um, surgisphere study, which was, um, it was hundreds of hospitals, absolutely damning data that, that, um, that, that, that hydroxychloroquine didn't work. I mean, it was a lot of data that all basically had a very hard conclusion. Turns out it was 100% made up bullshit mm. and it was retracted. So it came out to really splashy headlines of, oh yeah, this is the nail in the coffin, right? And then when the study was retracted because it was found to be completely fabricated, the retraction made no news. Mm. Okay. Again, commanding yep. the narrative. Yes. You know, if, if, and this happens a lot, there's a splashy, uh, um, uh, uh, event, you know, sources say Steve Tripp found XXYYZ. But we right? take it, take and it then, back to the weather. Oh, it's going to be the hottest day on record tomorrow. Yeah. But there's no, they don't cover it on the news the next day. Oh well, it, yeah. it wasn't really right. I mean, That's it right. Was, exactly. You know, seven degrees. Exactly. And, and this is how you know when you're being lied to, um, and and the difference between the people who you know, uh, it, you have to look for the retraction. You have to look for where you're being lied to. Hmm. But if being in your comforting community, all believing the same lie, uh, and that's the good pe people club, yep. you know. Um, you don't want to look for dis disconfirmation of your. Well, it's your like bias. those people who might have an allegation against them, and everyone believes it. It goes out in the media; uh, it's it's spread out everywhere, and they have to spend years trying to clear right. their name. And they go through the courts, and they finally clear their name. They're innocent all all along. Yeah, that doesn't correct the narrative, right. does it? What's the phrase? Uh, the lie makes it around the world before the truth gets on its. A, a, a lie makes it halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I've heard you. I've heard you discuss this before, but specifically this um, this study, mm. and you've explained how you can use this to approach people that know the scientific method, start to speak their language. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's all about uh, credible sources, right? That's right. Because the the thing is, is that. You know, the people in the, we can call it the, uh, some people call it the managerial class. Other people call it the elite class. Other people call it the scientific community. Um, you know, the, the have, they rely on journals. It's like, okay, well, you know, A, are you credentialed? Are you an epidemiologist? Hmm. You know, what school did you go to? Uh, you know, because the people writing these bullcrap studies all are super highly credentialed and writing obvious bullcrap, right? And so the, 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 the people who think they're smart, who have read the highlight, that they read it in a journal, they believe it because they think they have the credible sources. And that's where their, um, you know, turn down the nose at anyone who doesn't have their, their views comes from. It's like, okay, well, you know, you don't have the, the, the degrees nor the, the journal credibility to, to say anything else. So how could you possibly convince me? And it's like, well, you know, okay, if you get a chance to, to say, okay, well, do you think you can you know, uh, test early treatment late and at the wrong dose and test the hypothesis? You know, and you can kind of walk them through that. That was the point of me writing this article is like, okay, so even someone who doesn't want to believe any of this, tell me how you can take the study and 
and and convince me that it wasn't 100%. So what you're saying, instead of, instead of going to them first and saying, oh, these studies, you know, they tested at the wrong dose and they tested high, then blah, 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 and hitting them with all the information first, take it slowly. Yes. Walk right. them through it. Yes. Ask, walk, ask, walk them them a, ask them a simple question. Yeah. Because and, and, emotion won't work on these people, even though they do work on emotion. They don't realize it. They, don't, they go to their credible sources. They think they're standing on, on, on hundreds of years of, of the, the most uh, high-quality journals and, and the Ivy League institutions. And so then, you know, just uh, the only path forward then is to slowly walk them through the logic. So, so they've been taught the scientific method. Right. They, they trust the scientific method. Right. They feel superior because they understand and trust. And they the have the credentials. And they, they, they've yeah. been through, they got the cap, you know, with the dangly bits on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that that's stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they got that photo. They got their certificate on the wall and right, all that right. sort of stuff. Yeah. So you hit them with the question, you know, would... Uh, yeah, basically, can, can you help me, you know, because one of the things, you know, you're a scientist, uh, you know, we, we all, you know, let's talk about testing a hypothesis. Uh, you know, if you were given uh, Tamiflu, which is an, is an antiviral, right? So we know that, you, you know, you'll have to hit it early. Hmm. Uh, and if I gave you that, that to you, you know, a, after you had the disease for a week uh, and it didn't work, you know, what would you think of that? You know, it's like, oh, well, it would be dumb because you have to take an antiviral early. Oh, okay, all right. And what if I gave it to you, you know, at, at you know, I just give you a giant pile of it for you to shove in your mouth and you got sick and I was like, oh, I think that drug is toxic. You know, what would you think? Oh, well, that, only an idiot would do that, right? Okay. Um, you know, so let, let's talk about the TOGETHER trial or the recovery trial. You know, so basically try to make it because the, th- the brain is looking for an excuse to dismiss. It's yes. looking for an excuse to turn off. I want to get away from this situation with my pre-existing beliefs because that's the, what makes me the most comfortable, right? And so, you know, and a lot of times, and you know, sometimes I've had some success, and other times you get the cognitive dissonance moment where it's kind of like the, the you know, you, you get the emotional reaction. Because it's painful. Because it is. Yes. It's, it's, uh, right. be- I'm part of this elite class with the good people, with all these other good people who are uh, standing head, uh, head and shoulders above the deplorables. And we're making fun of all these flat earth people. Hmm. And um, yeah, that's the way I like it. Yes, that's right. And, and, and if they have to question what they've believed in, very all throughout their career, and some some of these people may have careers that are decades long, and and university time, and and, yep. and training, and uh, and they haven't picked up on this, yeah, and they've missed this, yeah, and they could be doctors who are, are, you know, they like their status in society as the givers and healers, givers of information, the healers of information, they're respected, not as much as they were a few years ago, mm. uh, by some subset of the population who I think have very good reason to question their critical thinking especially if there's um members of the public that are going along patting them on the back as well and saying Absolutely. thank you for saving us yes, and that's right all that sort of thing yeah uh so what i might do now is i might we, we interviewed as i said uh, victor dl um the other the other night on the ex candidates and i encourage everyone to firstly watch that interview but also follow his uh podcasting channel because he's interviewed a lot of uh scientists that are associated with the Australians for Science and Freedom, like Gigi Foster and uh, Jason Strecker and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of professors and uh, academics that were able to see through this and right. really, really study the in what exactly what you did, actually look at the study, go through it with a ty- uh, fine-tooth comb and, and do their own um, cost-benefit analysis and, and, and analyzing the data and all that sort of thing and then gone, hang on, 
Something's wrong. Those people will win after hard. You see, that's another way you know that you're kind of on the right side of it, is that if they were wrong, then people could just point out that they were wrong. Yes. You know, and, and, and you know, but, but they, they were, they, they were went, af- went after in all kinds of very coercive ways. Uh, so, you know, whether it be the whole, yeah, canceled from university or, uh, you know, that, that's the danger of the misinformation bill is that, that the scientists who are off the narrative, who are trying to warn the public about something that's happening that like, oh yeah, you know, we're giving an, giving an early treatment at the, you know, late at the wrong dose. If the misinformation bill passes, well, the misinformation bill is about the credible source, which is the government source. You know, was mm-hmm. it Jacinda Ardern said, uh, you should look at us as the only source of your information. Yeah. Well, if that's codified in law and and you're being, you know, forced out of your job to take something that Jacinda says is safe and effective, so dangerous. it is incredibly dangerous. So dangerous. The open debate, the open forum, I mean, that, and that's, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete you, you're going inversion back to, of science. Uh, you're going back to Galileo days. Yes, that's Aren't right. You? We're back. We're back to that. That's right. Yeah. The earth. The earth, the earth is the center of the universe. If you say otherwise, we're going to burn you like Giordano Bruno. Burn yes. you at the stake. Yes. Yeah. So we'll just play this uh, clip quickly. Um, it's a, it might be a little bit of a, a lengthy clip, but I yeah. think it's in, important because um, it talks about. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let I'll let Victor say it in his own words. Pro vaccine. I used to be a New York Times subscriber, a Sydney Morning Herald subscriber, Guardian subscriber. (laughs) So this was quite the leap for me to even notice that. But what I did do after that, and believe it or not, it made me sick to the stomach, is I started to do research. And at that point in time, doing your own research was like the worst thing in the world. And I came across Mm. Joe Rogan. This is probably going to make you laugh as well. The idea that I had of Joe Rogan was that he was a far-right extremist because that is what I'd been told by the corporate media. And I found his podcast with uh, Robert Malone. Oh, and wow. I went for a walk, and I normally go for a walk for 90 minutes. I, I'm very high energy, and I need to constantly get my energy out. I listened to the whole thing. I went for a walk, the same walk again. I did a loop because I wanted to listen to it a second time. And then I listened to um, Joe Rogan's interview with um, Ian McCullough. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I listened to those two podcasts the rest of that afternoon and evening probably three or four times. And it was, it was equal measures all of a sudden, all of those doubts in my head. I felt like I was being understood. I felt like I wasn't crazy anymore. But also it was a little bit upsetting because there's a lot of realisation that, man, there's a lot of lies. I've been lied to. Everything I've been told is wrong. And But then that set me down the path, down a very different rabbit hole from the rabbit hole that I was used to going down, um, like from an academic background or even from my own usual background search on the news sites. I went down a very different one. And I'm really glad that I did. And he he goes on to talk about how because I asked him this I said you know what you you come into this uh, state of realization you're starting to um, discuss topics that you hadn't been in the, in the past so how did the people around you deal with that and he he said uh, he wasn't so much ostracized straight away it was almost like a pity thing oh poor old Victor uh, he's a, uh-huh. he's gone off the deep end and yep. you know we we feel sorry for him. And it was that straight away. Like they yeah. weren't listening to him. 
They weren't interested in, hang on, he he used to think like us. He's he's obviously found some information that's uh, that's put that's taken him down a different path. No, they weren't interested in that. I think that's fascinating. So uh, you know, first thought is like a hat hats off to that guy. You know, thank thank you, brother, for opening your 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 mind and being able to consider other things. Because there there is the pain of excommunication from your group. I mean, this is one of the funny things is that when it comes to the the COVID narrative, uh, the safe and effective narrative, the hydroxychloroquine thing, there are people who I've known and have trusted my judgment for decades who now think that, oh, weird, Paul, Paul has somehow gone off the rails. I mean, yeah, he, he kind of helped teach me math so I could get through uni and uh, somehow has fallen into some disinformation. Um, yeah, well, that's yeah. interesting. So you've experienced it as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, so I, and, I, and, and, and so I don't come to this question of epistemology and persuasion with 100% success rate, not even close. Not, not. So I know. guess this goes back to the question I asked you before: is why you went down this path? That maybe, maybe it was more of a personal reason. Okay, I've got all these friends that were that's it. that were close friends. Well, I mean, that's one of those things is, is that you know I, I was trying to save my friends from a danger. You know, I, it's actually I actually had to turn it into because I, I did these. Uh, uh, emails. Actually, that that article that I that was actually originally an email to my friends mm-hmm. to try to show them, hey guys, I think we're being lied to in yeah. the most clear possible way, um, and and to kind of raise their skepticism to what they're hearing on the news about the hydroxychloroquine trials or safe and effective or uh, and all that. And there was a series of letters, uh, and the last one was basically. Um, you know, uh, imagine I tried to had I had to put it in a funny context. Imagine aliens came and they beamed you up to their spacecraft, <laughs> and you know after doing their probes and all that, and you're you know sore, and they're going to let you come down to Earth, and you're yeah. like, uh, you know, aren't you afraid of 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 me? You know, kind of telling all my because they're going to come down, and they're going to probe everyone on Saturday, right? yeah. And uh, and they're like, no, oh, you know, you can go for your life, you know. And I, so you go around, you tell all your friends to to hide in caves, like you know, you know, you're going to get laughed at. You know you're, you know, but on the other hand, you have a an obligation to try to save your friends from probing. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> I, so I, I spun this little tale to try to, you know, to try to like, you know, so even, I basically was saying, even if you think I'm nuts, I have an obligation to try because, you know, I know what just happened to me and I don't want you to go through the same thing. Yeah, you know? a, it, this um, is a, a little bit um, off topic, but uh, it reminds me of a, a quote uh, or, or a saying, uh, if you invent something, right, if, and it's a really great invention, don't ever be worried about someone stealing it because it's going to take you decades to convince people that yeah, it's right. actually a good idea. Right, right. Even right. if it's the best invention in yeah. the world. So if it doesn't fit the narrative, the the narrative there's a process, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, I mean, basically, there's there's a fair bit of, of of pain in discussing what I'm talking about on this podcast to 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 see people you care about walk into danger and to be unable. To, to make a difference, you know, that, uh, and, and that's actually why I'm, I'm it's, is also, this is a very burning topic for me because I grieve that I feel like I've failed my friends, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and I'm like, could I have said anything different? Could I have done it a different way? Could I have, you know, and it's not that I, and I tried and that, that article that, that I, you know, that we just went through was, you know, and, and that wasn't my only one. Um, it is a source of, of personal pain.
<laughs> and that's and that's a, the biggest problem because a lot of times convincing people is baby steps. Yeah. And I think this is where um, maybe our side of things go a little bit wrong, especially when approaching politicians or the media. And Michael O'Neill of uh, the Heart Party discussed this on a recent podcast we did with him also. And a politician was speaking to him and he said, Michael, you do realize that when the pharmaceutical representatives come in, oftentimes they're they're always all well-dressed. Oftentimes they're young females that were well-dressed. They give you a a brochure that might be a page or two or a couple of pages uh, long, glossy, uh, you know, a couple of bullet points, uh, you know, beautiful images, that sort of very well produced. Uh, They they bring gifts and pens and, and, all sorts of different things. Uh, they invite you to events. They have you know lunches, blah blah blah. Then the next person comes in that's probably more on Michael O'Neill side of things, and they're disheveled. They're not, they're not you know, they're not dressed very well. They're not wearing a tie. They've got pages and pages and pages of information. I, I, look, I went down to the Reckless Renewables Rally on Tuesday, and I saw it. I was we were looking to interview Craig Kelly. And there was a lady there and she had a stack of papers and mm. she put it into Craig's hand. And she's like, you know, you need to know about this. You need to know about this. And, you know, Craig was being very nice. You know, he's trying to discuss things with her and she was very dismissive. She, she had this attitude of, oh, all the politicians in there, they don't care and they're not going to listen anyway. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, then why are you trying? Like, why are you here? Mm. You think it's all corrupt. But her way of trying to get her – that stack that she had might have been the – it might have been gold. It might have been the best information ever. But the way that she was trying to deliver it to him yeah. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, there are a couple of different aspects of that. One is, yeah, the 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 delivery method, and 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 how you how you kind of can 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 help deliver something like that. But the other thing that strikes me is, I think there's this desire to have a favored politician be across and outspoken about every issue. And I think that's a huge mistake. So uh, I've, I've had a couple of politicians, uh, you know, there are a couple of people that I, I like who've been asked to speak about, let's call it, uh, well, all right, let, let's go to the military analogy. There's a friend of mine who talked about how uh, the military maximum, if you're strong everywhere, you're strong nowhere. Mm. If you spread yourself too thin, equally across the front lines, you have you can be punched through at any given point. And so, you know, if you have a politician who is outside the establishment narrative on too many things, they lose their ability to influence anything. Yes. And so asking, you know, uh, a, a, a politician who, you know, is open to certain, you know, off, off, uh, off mainstream ideas and is fighting the good fight in some place, don't ask them to fight every, every corner of it because, you know, th- th- those few people have, have a unique ability to persuade in parliament on certain topics and they have to pick and choose which are the ones. Now, hopefully they're doing it in a way that is, 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 is best serves the community. Um, you know, but they can't be across everything and they shouldn't try to be. There's some very good examples. Uh, Russell Broadbent has come out and spoke out, spoken out against the vaccines and, mm. and, and be quite vocal about it. And he's just lost his pre-selection. Right. And he's been in the parliament, or I think he's the second longest serving member in, of parliament. He's been in there since the early 2000s. Mm. He's gone now. Uh, he, one, one, at the next election, he's out because um, he, he lost his pre-selection. So you stick your head up against 
you know, the narrative and you get your head chopped off. Same with Jared Rennick. Yeah. Same things happen there. Now, some other examples. Uh, the, I, I might not mention his name, but there's a, a, a politician, state, state member of parliament that's that's near us. And um, he he came out in his maiden speech and said, uh, no more lockdowns. He came on our podcast and said, uh, we need a Royal Commission into COVID. But then he was approached by uh, Forest of the Fallen people uh, to speak to them and he, he wasn't he, he didn't jump onto their thing straight away because it was all about vaccine injuries and vaccine uh, deaths and that sort of sort of stuff but you got to understand he's 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 got to face pre-selection at, at some mm. point two out of three ain't bad yeah you I mean yeah, so there's a, there's a number of different thoughts and I mean I think you know that uh, my partner Stephanie's brother is vaccine injured yeah uh, and um, you know w- even though we test talked about the hydroxychloroquine trials the whole science but you know all, all the all the uh, the various mechanisms by which it's not credible to call this the vaccine safe and effective that's that's a whole set of conversations and it would be a number of them um you know so with Rennick and uh, uh senator Rennick and, and uh broadbent uh you know i have to say if you're going to spend your political capital on something that's a pretty important one and 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 i can't I can't, uh, you know, I, I just have to say I'm, I'm grateful to, to, to both of them. But on the other hand, you know, if someone tries to do it in a way that is strategic and allows them to keep their position, um, because sometimes history, I think, will move towards those three senators. Yes. And if they're still in the position to, 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 to accelerate that, it's hard to know. It's hard to know for a leader when is the right time to lead and when is the right time to bide your time? So that's you, a very tricky. You thing. have to cut them some slack. I agree. Look at the look at the people that the Liberals have lost recently. Craig Kelly, mm. George Christensen, uh, Moira Deeming, mm. Bernie Finn, Rennick, Broadbent. They've all uh, been outspoken about something, whether it be vaccine injuries, abortion, uh, women's rights on trans issues uh and and if you do that you do face being either expelled from the party or losing your pre-selection you need to do it in a very measured way Mm. and um i I, i've I've heard that um sophie scamps who's the teal up in uh uh, And you know me, I don't have much love for the Teals, but when they do do something good, I will support them. And mm. I, I've, I've been reading in the, the local papers that she's coming out trying to um, do something about junk food with kids, which I agree with. Yeah. I mean, she's a doctor, uh, so she should know this sort of stuff. But uh, I, I heard that she uh, went down to a forest of the fallen recently and um, observed what, what was happening there. Now, Good on her for doing that. Yeah, she's not going to be able to go, you know, go back to the teals and, and, and her backers and, and say, "Look, I'm I'm all, I'm all on board now." It's a very very slow yeah. process. So just because she was there doesn't mean that she's going to be agreeing with what's there. At least she had an open mind to do that. Mm. Uh, but it, I, I encourage the people that maybe got her to go there or invited her there. Don't expect her to be on board straight away. It's a very, it's a it is, very slow process. Yeah, I agree. That is a very, and I also think you know one of the things a mistake a lot of people make is um, 
to think that they can read minds, hmm. you know, that, uh, when it comes to, well, I, you know, I know this person is corrupt or, you know, this person might be saying the right thing, but you know, they, they, you know, I know they're bad. Uh, you know, so I, one of the things, one of the ways people fool themselves a lot is to think they understand they can, they can see into motivation, you know? So I think it's important to, you praise the action, you can say, you know, and also people come towards the light. You know, if, if, if you kind of beat someone up for not getting all the way across on all the issues you care yeah. about, you drive them away, yeah. you know? So, you know, and so, um, now I can understand, you know, someone like me who has a partner's brother who's vaccine injured, I, I'm never going to criticize uh, the people who came out strong, even if they lost their career. Like I, I'm grateful for the heroism of of the politicians who stood up, um, and and I'll always say that, you know. But um, uh, the any, anyone who kind of was not very upfront, or you know, who was critical, who takes just a few steps your way be positive, be encouraging, yes. Yes. um, you know, because otherwise you're going to be alone, yeah. uh, with, 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 with what you consider the truth. And you might be surrounded by a big pile of truth alone in your, you know, sad house. Um, and anything political takes a long time. I, I try and tell people this, they, I say, it's a long game. You got to stick at it. And they say, Oh, we, we don't have that. We don't have that time. Well, look, you, you probably do. It's hard to know. It's, it is hard to know. I always think things are not as bad as they're going to be and they're not as good as the, you think they're going to be. So you just have to keep keep chipping away, but don't think that you're going to be able to stand up and convince people straight away. It yeah. just does not work like yeah. that. I mean, I'm all for convincing people as quickly as they can be convinced. I just got to figure out what that is. <laughs> so is there anything you want to finish up on, Paul? Oh, I think actually, I think that's a great place to, to, to finish up. I think it was a, a great conversation. Thank you for inviting me. I, uh, uh, you know, it's some issues that I'm really passionate about and, uh, and I'm all for, you know, if any, I hope some folks got something out of it, at least that helps them be more persuasive to, to the people that they're trying to, to help. Um, cause I think that's what we're, here trying to do and i've seen and as i said before i've seen you evolve your thoughts on this issue and expand on them and get better and better so um, trying yeah maybe we can all we can do maybe we can uh, follow up on this in if you know a few months time or something like that but if i get the secret sauce the persuasion (laughs) sauce i'll I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in yes definitely we'll we'll have you back on on different things and different issues but uh everyone watching thank you very much for for watching uh as i said in the beginning if you do want to head to um buy me a coffee and uh and show us some love Two. there. Uh, you, you can, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, chuck, you chuck oh, some across no, the pot. No. <laughs> yeah, but hang, hang, uh, head over there to buy me a coffee. Uh, uh, you, uh, if you, if you choose, um, and then share this out as well. I mean, I think this is an important uh, discussion that we had. I think, uh, so. I think you. Uh, I think there's some very, very interesting. Uh, aspects that you've raised which is a big reason why i've had you on today and i love this sort of this sort of topic so uh i hope everyone enjoyed it if you did please share it far and wide like it comment whatever you need to do it all helps uh with the uh, analytics and the algorithms and all that sort of stuff so uh help us grow help us get this information out there and thank you very very much for watching we'll see you next time thank you